Well, we are in our third week of this uh, series called What If It's True? And uh, this, this question, it comes from our, our culture. And um, we are living in the age of questions everything and attempts to create a sort of a, a reasonable doubt by asking, hey, what if that's true? And even it's, it, and it's crept into the church, okay? Not necessarily this church, but the church. There are churches even asking, well, what if the whole Bible isn't true? Or what if, what if Jesus really didn't raise from the dead? Or what if, what if God isn't, isn't good? Or, so what if is, it's not true? What if it's, what if it's true? So we, we have flipped this, that, those questions into a series, and we're simply asking, what if it's true? And we speak, we're speaking on specific things. The first week we talked about, can God be trusted? What if God can be trusted? Because there's a lot of people in this world that do not trust in God, as evidenced by the way they live their lives, and, and not trusting in Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. They don't trust in God because they may not feel God. And we talked about that in week one. They may not feel God. In fact, there are many believers who sort of fall out of fellowship with God because they're like, well, I just don't feel him anymore. Well, we don't base our theology, what we believe, on what we feel. That's really important for, uh, to understand that. There are days I, there are days I don't feel like a Christian, <laughs> you know? But it doesn't mean that I'm not a Christian, that's just my sinful nature coming, coming alive within me. So we can't base our belief on our feelings. Our feelings should not determine what we believe. Our trust in God, not based on what we feel, but rather who God is. And last week, we asked this question. What if God does hear our prayers? What if God does hear our prayers? We can have faith that God can hear our prayers, but it would also be helpful if we, if we prayed effective prayers, just to kind of kind of know that, okay, God, you're, you're hearing my prayer. We, we use Ephesians 6, 18, uh, where the Apostle Paul talks about praying with power and praying with persistency. In other words, constantly being, being in an attitude in prayer and in all occasions. Our prayer should have purpose, have purpose to what we need to pray for, specific prayers and we need to be praying for God's people. Our prayers need to be involved in the people's lives. If you want to know a way you can help improve your prayer life and, or find ways to pray, you download our church app. There's a prayer wall on there. Submit prayer requests, even if they're not you. And you can even su- submit them uh, in a way that is anonymous. Okay, you can submit those prayer requests and then you can also pray for others. You can even comment on other prayer, uh, prayers. And hey, I'm praying for you. I'm here for you. You know, those, those kinds of things. So what if God does hear our prayers? The more we pray like, like Paul says, the more or the less actually we question whether God hears our prayers. So this morning we're gonna visit an encounter with Jesus that will help us with another statement we're gonna talk about today. And again, this is all about what if it's true, this whole series. This story is actually found in three of the Gospels, but we're going to focus in on Mark chapter 10. So if you have a copy of God's Word, whether it be printed copy or digital copy, we have the um, uh, scriptures on the screen as well. So we're going to be in Mark chapter 10, and this is going to be our main passage of Scripture and it's going to be verse 46 through 52. So it's a latter part of, of that chapter. So Mark 10, 46 through 42. And so let's, uh, let's turn to that. 
Then they came to Jericho. And he's, they, talking about Jesus and his disciples. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were, gat, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Men it rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called to the blind man, Cheer up, on your feet. He's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped on his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. The crowds were massive in, in, this, in this Jericho city. Jericho is about 20 miles down from Jerusalem. Jesus is walking in, in one of the oldest cities in the world. A, a period of spanning of about 5,000 years, some 26 cities have been, have been sort of reestablished in this place called Jericho. You may remember the walls of Jericho and Joshua, that same Jericho. And Jericho sits at the intersection of ancient trade routes. It's long been sort of a hub of, of commerce and news and, and information. It's, it's buzzing with a lot of activity. There's lots of sort of rumors flying around about some carpenter guy who is going around healing people, performing miracles. They're hearing things like the blind can see, the lame can walk, the dead are brought back to life. The epicenter of all that buzz is the city gate, the very front gate. News travels from this front gate to the far corners of the globe. And sitting in the sand at the front gate in front of this ancient city of Jericho is a blind beggar, Bartimaeus. Given his infirmity, he's, this is the best he can do. He can't really have a job. I mean, he can hear. He can walk. He just can't see. We don't know how long Bartimaeus is, has been there. At that gate, we don't know how many years. We do know that he that he mean that is uh, his name is a son of Timaeus, which actually means son of the unclean. How would you like that as a name, son of the unclean? He probably seldom bathes. Probably smells pretty unpleasant. His hair is probably matted. There's probably food particles caught in his beard because he can't he can't see. But his chosen location is very strategic, right there at the gate. It's a perfect setting for a faith that can move mountains. There are many people that doubt that faith can move mountains. I mean, really? Are you serious? Today we're going to ask the question, what if faith can move mountains? What if faith can move mountains. Now this 
This sort of thought that faith can move mountains really came from Jesus. And we find this in this one verse in Matthew 17, 20. He replied, because you have so little faith, truly I'll tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. As part of the teaching style, Jesus He's not talking literally. He's more, he's more talking figuratively. We have all had sort of mountains in our lives that come in from time to time. You've heard of the mountain of debt. There could be mountain of, of hurt from others, mountain of physical pain or illness, mountain of, of worry, mountains of fill in the blank. Whatever mountains you have faced or you are facing now or could be facing in the future. How can we have that faith that moves mountains? Well, a blind Bartimaeus shows us how. A blind man from 2,000 years ago will show us how. So what does that, what does that look like? So one thing about that. Bartimaeus is, he's blind, but, he, but he's not deaf. Sitting at the city gate, he has heard all the stories about the demons that have had cast out, the 5,000 that were fed, the paralyzed man who was raised um, down through the roof and walked out through the front door, the woman who was bleeding for 12 years and touched the, the hem of his garment and, was, and was, uh, was healed, Lazarus being raised from the dead. We've heard of, he's heard of all of these because one thing you understand about about blind Bartimaeus, as with most blind people, is they can hear very well. Now, we all have the same hearing, but when you take away your sight, you're going to develop that hearing even more. He hears things that you and I would probably miss. So blind Bartimaeus has heard all the stories. How does Bartimaeus show us that faith can move mountains? Here it is. You believe it before you see it. You believe it before you see it. Not only has Bartimaeus never met Jesus, he's never seen Jesus, he's never seen the miracles, but he's heard of them and he believes it. He believes it before he can see it. That's a definition of faith. Believing without seeing, that is faith. Exclamation point. If you have to see it, then it's not faith, right? Does that make sense? If you have to see it, then it's not faith. If you have a mountain to move in your life, then you must believe that Jesus can help you before anything else. You must believe that Jesus can help you. Whatever mountain is in your life, you got to believe it before you can see it. So that's the first thing we learn. Believe before you can see. You know, it's no accident that this sort of miracle takes place near the city gates of Jericho. Why? This place is sort of hollow ground. It's, it's, it's got stories to tell. If the gates could talk, the wall could speak. This is the very gate where Joshua... The successor to Moses marched around the city and defeated the enemy with a shout. 
But not only is Bartimaeus cursed with blindness, the whole city of Jericho is cursed. In fact, Joshua cursed it. You can look this up. Joshua cursed, he said this, cursed before the Lord is the one who undertakes to rebuild this city. In fact, a man, several years later, many years later, would try to rebuild the city and two of his sons died. Why? Because of the curse by Joshua. But Jesus is here and he's sending a message. And this is very, very strategic. I don't want to make sure you don't, you don't miss this. He's standing there sending a message. He is standing in a cursed city speaking to an unclean man living under a curse. You may feel like you have a curse. Maybe your mountain feels like a curse. Maybe in your marriage, your finances, your thought patterns, your addictions, a curse that you can't escape. But know this, just like we see in this story, Jesus is not afraid of your curse. He's not afraid of your curse. He's not afraid of, 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 of your past that keeps haunting you and cursing you and the mistakes you've made and the choices you've made. He's not afraid of that. And he's not intimidated by it. He's not angry at it. He's not, we, we see no signs of that with Jesus and blind Bartimaeus. He's not afraid. In fact, Jesus is all about curing the curse. He's all about curing the curse. He's showing up at your front gate of your curse with a crowd, and he's ready to cure the curse. He's not ignoring you. And this curse did not stop Bartimaeus from this mountain-moving faith that he had. So don't think that your sort of curse, you try to hide first or you can't hide anything from God. But don't think that this curse is something that Jesus is intimidated by, he's afraid of, he hasn't dealt with, because he has. So just believe that Jesus can help cure that curse. How else can our faith move mountains? We need to get God's attention. It's sort of a third attribute that we see in, in blind Bartimaeus. We need to get God's attention. As Jesus approaches, the noise of the crowd reaches Bartimaeus' ears. He knows they are still sort of a, a, a way off and not really close, but he can't contain himself any longer. He stands and begins jumping up and down, waving his arms, son of David, have mercy on me. And it's interesting, Jesus, he didn't call him Jesus. He knows his name. He calls him son of David, meaning the promised one. Son of David, have mercy on me. Bartimaeus is undeterred and unashamed. He gets the attention of Jesus. Many in your life may try to rebuke you or keep you quiet as you attempt to call out to God. Most of that is just doubt swimming in your own head. As you call out to God, as you try to get God's attention, God, I've got this mountain, I've got this thing in my life. And so doubt will get into your head 
voices, maybe the other people in your life. But I want to encourage you, keep screaming for God's attention above the noise and the distractions. You have a mountain to move. Jesus is not caught off guard by, the, by, by blind Bartimaeus. In fact, he was very intentional. I imagine him turning the corner and kind of seeing blind Bartimaeus and it just maybe a grin came across his face, face and it's like, dude, today's your day. Today's your day. I'm waiting for you. Come on. Get my attention above the noise, above the distractions. Today's your day. He's saying the same to you. He's saying the same to us with our mountain that's in the way. You know, like blindness is a mountain? That's a huge mountain. And Jesus was ready. And, 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 and he got, he was caught off guard. I mean, he, he, he was, uh, he wasn't caught off guard, but he, he, was, uh, he was attentive to the calls of blind Bartimaeus. So I want to encourage you. Get the attention of God. Another attribute we see is that Jesus has time for you. Jesus has time for you. And we're seeing, I'm just pulling these out of the story that we just read. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. So he's passing through Jericho, 20 miles from Jerusalem. He's passing through Jericho. It's, it's the main route to get to Jerusalem. He's headed to Jerusalem. He's going, when he gets to Jerusalem, guess what happens? People throw palm branches on, at, at his feet and he rides a donkey and, he, and they're singing Hosanna to the son of David. It's called Palm Sunday, which is today. He's going to Jerusalem, but he's passing through Jericho. He's headed to the cross in his last week of his life. He's got big things to do. He's got a world to save, literally. He's going to save the world, put the weight of the world on his shoulders. And what does he do? He's got a crowd around him, lots of people. I mean, he is rock star status. And this blind, stinky beggar keeps yelling out his, his name. Keeps begging. Won't shut up. I'm sure people are like, dude, be quiet. You're embarrassing us. We get it. I know you've been, you've been sitting here for years. You, you've had this. Just let Jesus be on his way. He's, he's going to the capital. He's going to Jerusalem. Because Jesus knows what he's about to do. And yet, he stops. He takes time for Bartimaeus. He takes time out. For Bartimaeus, he's walking to his own execution, <laughs> but still takes time. Jesus has time for you. Many people never see their mountains move because they think God is too busy. Why would God want to mess with me and my problems and my mountain and my curse? Why would God want to spend time with me. God is never in a hurry and he's never late. He's never in a hurry and he's never late. We may think he's late on our time, but he's never late. 
He's right on time. If Bartimaeus never believed that Jesus wouldn't stop, uh, he, he would not have kept screaming for his attention. So whatever it takes, get the attention of God and call out to Jesus. I've got this mountain. I've got this mountain. And kind of the last sort of attribute we see in this passage. Jesus asked a question of which he already knew the answer. This, this is amazing. I love this part of the story. He asked this question, what do you want me to do for you? <laughs> really? What do you want me to do for you? I mean, Bartimaeus, he, he takes off his outer garment and, and he, he's walking, sort of stumbling, tripping over people, feeling his way to Jesus. And when he gets to Jesus, I can just imagine he's sort of looking at Jesus with his, with his hands and, and, and his fingers and and understand is like, wow, I'm touching the Messiah. I'm touching the Son of God. And Jesus asked, what can I do for you? Come on, Jesus. You know. Everybody knows. Everybody knows blind Bartimaeus. Blind Bartimaeus, blind. I mean, they have a little song for him when they pass by, I'm sure. Everybody knows about blind Bartimaeus. I know you know about blind Bartimaeus. Uh, duh, he's blind. I can't just imagine people in the crowd. In fact, when Jesus asked that question, he probably got some chuckles from people. <laughs> really? What can I do for you? When Jesus asked that question, it wasn't for the benefit of Jesus. It was the benefit of Bartimaeus, and especially those in the crowd. Those in the crowd. We got to understand this. When you are trying to move your mountain of faith, you have got to speak your requests. What can I do for you? Jesus, I want to see. I just want to see. He spoke it. I want to see. I want to see. Four words that changed his life. Your request might be different. Your request is probably not that you can see. Maybe it's something else. Maybe your request is I just, want to be, I just want to be kind. I just want to be more kind. Or I want to stop working all the time. Or I just want to be free of this alcohol addiction. Or I just want to stop being selfish. Or I want to control my eating. I want to stop looking at porn. Whatever it is, whatever is mounting in your way, you've got to speak it. Jesus already knows your mountain. He knows it. God already knows the mountain. You just got to speak it. All right. I just need this. And speak it by faith. You're never going to get anywhere if you don't speak and make your request known to God. 
And if you really want to have a mountain-moving faith, then even you can even go to another level even, and even share some of those with other believers you trust that will pray alongside you. That's very biblical, by the way. Jesus is asking, what do you want me to do for you? He's asking you today, what do you want me to do for you? What is that mountain-moving faith that you need? What is that? In that passage in Matthew that I read earlier about the mountains being moved, it's interesting. And I never thought about this until I, I came up with this message, until the Lord just prompted me to talk about this. Jesus said, say to what this mountain. Say to this mountain, be removed. He didn't say all mountains. He didn't say any mountain. He said this mountain. Say to this mountain, be removed. Now, that mountain, that might say there. That mountain just might say there. But this mountain right here, you can say to this one, be removed. And I've learned this in my life, and you may have as well. Some mountains in our lives were made to be moved by your faith. But some mountains are to remain in order to build your faith. Did you get that? Some mountains are made to be moved by your faith. And some mountains are to remain to build your faith. Are there mountains in your life that can be moved? Absolutely. I believe it. Mountain of debt, you know? I mean, mountain of, of, of sickness, mountain of, of a relationship, friction, whatever. Marriage issues, yes. There are some that can be moved. However, I do know this. You're never going to move a mountain without faith. You're not. It was a year ago today when I last saw my mom alive. She was with us all in South Carolina for the wedding of our oldest daughter, Madison, and her soon-to-be husband, Michael. In fact, today's their first, first year anniversary. My mother was having stomach issues, which later would be proved to be the cause of the death of her, causes other issues. On the morning of the wedding, we, were, we made her go to the local ER. She didn't look good. My brother took her while I stayed behind at the lodge where we were at, the campsite and stuff with the boys. The girls all left super early to, to go do wedding stuff, whatever they do. Me and my youngest son, Lincoln, hiked up an outdoor chapel overlooking this valley. So we hiked up this mountain range, and they have this, this outdoor amphitheater seating and this incredible big wooden cross and this stage and, and a beautiful valley. 
So Lincoln and I, we stopped there and we prayed for my mom. It's like, Lord, just you know, help, her, help her to get better. Let the doctors know what's going on. Just make sure she can go to the wedding. Five minutes later, I received a three-letter text from my brother who was at the hospital with my mom. And it simply said, C-P-R. Caught me off guard. <laughs> I was not prepared for that. I thought, wow, holy cow, I could lose my mom today. What is going on? Then I quickly remembered the final words I had with her. Because it wasn't that long ago. And I remembered what I told her. As I buckled her in, kissed her on the forehead, I said, I love you, Mom. I'll see you at the wedding. And as soon as I remember that, I remember it like it was yesterday, even though it was a year from today. I was on the trail about 10.45 in the morning. I was on the trail, and the Holy Spirit stopped me, and it said these words to me, wrong wedding. Wrong wedding. When I remembered, I told my mom, I'm going to see you at the wedding. Holy Spirit's like, no, you're not. Wrong wedding. You're going to see her at the wedding of the bridegroom that we read about in Revelation. And I knew she was gone. I've kind of found out later that her heart stopped beating for 10 minutes. They got it beating back again. Machines kept her alive until early, early Sunday morning, about 2.45. You know, we prayed for God to move. That the, the mountain of this illness that my mom was kind of facing over that whole week and she was here in this service for Easter last year. That was a Sunday. And then by the next Sunday, she was gone. But that mountain never did move. It didn't. We prayed and we prayed. And you know what? That mountain, it's still there. My mom always loved driving through the mountains. <laughs> she was so just excited. She was always excited about everything. You know, just, she did everything big. She'd be like, oh, wow, look at that, oh, wow. You can hear her now. She marveled at the beauty of what God provided for us to experience with these mountain views. Now, every time I see a mountain, I think of her. Your faith can move mountains, but sometimes there are mountains, they're just gonna linger. But they're there to build your faith. You can move this mountain, but maybe not that one. And that's okay, because the God who made the mountains is a God who loves you, and is a God who wants to do a miracle in your life. Whatever mountain you have in your life. And Jesus is asking this question. What do you want for me? What do you want for me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? What mountain is standing in your way? 
Now, you may have some people in your life that you know they have some mountains. Guess what? The reason you know that is so you can pray for them and walk alongside them. Here in just a moment, I'm, I'm asking the band to go ahead and come on stage as we prepare our, our hearts just for God to do a great work. And, and they're actually gonna, they're gonna sing a couple of songs. We're gonna have a sort of a, a phase two of our worship um, service. But I just, I want us to linger. I just want us to linger at the, at the foothills of the mountain. At the foothills of the mountain. And I just want you to ask yourself this question. What kind of faith, is my faith strong enough to move this mountain is God do I really believe before I can see it do I believe it before I see it do I believe that Jesus can cure the curse am I crying out so much to get God's attention have I really done that yet and have I given Jesus enough time and more importantly have I spoken it God, I've been looking away from this mountain. You know it exists, but I've been ignoring it. But I can't ignore it any longer. And you and God may be the only people that know. And there are probably other mountains in your life that you and your family know, and that's fine. But we need to do some work on our mountain this morning. So in just a moment, I'm going to invite you to come up to the front. Band's going to sing. We're going to, they're going to play. We're going to just have a time of worship. They're, we're going to linger here for a couple of songs. I just want you to just have some time with the Lord. And if you don't have, you know, that mountain in your life that, that you feel like you need to be there and come to the foothills, then stand in the gap for somebody who does. Would you please bow your head and close your eyes? Heavenly Father, we come before you thanking you, Lord, for the opportunity to, um, to believe in you, to, leave, to believe by faith that you are God who can move mountains. And so, Lord, we come before you. Lord, whether it's a mountain of debt, mountain of sickness, mountain of relationship issues, mountain of hurt, mountain of the past, mountain of mistakes, of shame, of regret. Lord, the list goes on. Lord, we're going to come to you by faith. And we're going to walk like Bartimaeus. We may not be able to see, but you can see. Open our eyes. And do a work in our life. Do a work in our heart. In Jesus' name, amen.